God would not have commanded us to rightly divide the Bible if the Bible did not have any natural or simple divisions. Hi everyone, my name is Francis Simeon and you are listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study. Today, like the title says, uh, today's Bible study kicks off our Right Division series. And to start it off, we will talk about the simple divisions in the Bible. As you can notice, uh, it's Right Division 1A. That means we're not going to be able to finish everything today or else it's going to be a long Bible study. And so uh, I hope you'd bear with us and I, I hope this is a blessing to you. My prayer is that it's a blessing to everyone. Uh, but before that, please make sure to hit that like or that subscribe button and that bell to make sure that you are in the know whenever a new video drops on YouTube. And as usual, this Bible study is also being recorded in its audio form and uploaded on our podcast called The Workman Unashamed Podcast, which you can subscribe, download, like, and even share from uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, and uh, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'd like to say welcome aboard to everyone, uh, especially if you're new. Um, we know I know we have listeners from all around the world. Uh, we have listeners from... Uh, America, we have especially from the Philippines, so I'd like to say welcome to everyone. And if you're not from any of those countries, uh, welcome. We are so glad that you're listening. Thank you for your support and your prayers. I know we haven't seen each other in a long time. It's just been so busy with work and with family and stuff like that. But I am so glad that we're back and I'm so glad that uh, you are here and you're listening. Well, before we go forward, uh, please don't forget the Pauline Primer Bible st- uh, Stories, which is designed for our little ones. Well, we started it because we have uh, our little one, our two-year-old, Bergen, and uh, these Bible stories are designed for little ones. I hope it's a blessing to you. Last week, we talked about Abraham and how God tempted him uh, to offer his son Isaac until he proved that uh, to God that he loved God more than his son. And then uh, when he turned around, well, God stopped God stopped it, and then he turned around and looked, and there was a ram caught in the thicket. This week, we're, we will be talking about, about, this Sunday, we'll be talking about how um, Jacob tricked Esau out of his uh, birthright and how he stole Esau's... Uh, blessing from his father Isaac just because of a bowl of ramen noodles. Not really. It's not ramen noodles. That's just the AGIF that I I found online somewhere. Anyway, it's going to be a blessing hopefully and prayerfully to you and to your little ones. So I hope that you will uh, uh, subscribe and share that as well. Uh, Please feel free. Now, I am so excited to tell you about my dad's new podcast, the very first pilot episode just dropped i'd like to say about two weeks ago we haven't recorded anything yet because uh because we're looking at a couple of things 
So, uh, oh, a call's coming in. Uh, we're looking at a couple of things, uh, sound technical stuff, but uh, I hope that you would feel free to download and look at that and, uh, and feel free to share and things like that. Um, it's called the Captain's Logbook Bible Study with Captain Ray Simeon. Um, so I hope it's a blessing to you and uh, please uh, subscribe. That can also be found in Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon or wherever you get your podcast from. So excited. Now let's go to our topic for today, right? Division 1A, simple divisions in the Bible. What we're trying to do is to make it as simple as possible. So now as you can see, Although we're trying to, we, we will try to discuss the simple divisions of in the Bible. We're not going to be able to finish everything. That's why it's part one a. Okay. Um, so moving forward, Second Timothy chapter number two, verse fifteen. The Bible says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." Now, if you break those that verse down. The subject is actually an invisible you. Why? Because it's an imperative sentence. And the first word in that verse is a, uh, is a verb. And the subject is an invisible you. Who is commanding? Who is, uh, who is commanding? Who is making the command? I mean, the writer was the Apostle Paul. Okay. And he is speaking to us. Okay. You. Francis, you listener, you um, in our dispensation right now, study. Okay, um, and so you can see the progression. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Um, so there's the hearing, and then hopefully when that person gets saved, he starts reading the word of God, and and uh, um, and and then it progresses to studying. Okay. Now, the next most logical question is, what do you study to show thyself? To show thyself what? Oh, by the way, going back to thy, show thyself, there's not, you know, the one responsible for doing this is you. Okay. And I understand there's great, great teachers, great preachers, great uh, uh, um, books, Bible study helps, uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, etc., etc., and also there are also terrible ones. That's why it's your responsibility to do that for yourself. I learned that the hard way. I just, uh, I just received and received and received without studying for myself, and so I became uh, more loyal not to the Bible, but to the to the fundamentals, if you will, or. Um, the institutions that were built on those fu fundamentals. So um, you don't want to do that. What you want to do is to show or to, to study for yourself. Okay. Um, uh, what do you study to show thyself approved unto God? Okay. Now, once you realize that, you get a whole new meaning to your spiritual life because when you tr when you try to gain the approval of God. And not care what other people think, then that's that's going to open your eyes, and that's going to open your horizons to a whole bunch of, of of uh, you know, it's just going to give you a whole new meaning to your spiritual life. 
Okay? Search, desire for the approval of God, not for the approval of men. Okay, A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. The word study is associated with the word work. Okay, And uh, it takes work. To study, it it goes it goes with the uh, progression, if you will, of what we were talking about. Just like uh, at first, uh, a child, you keep or a baby, you feed it, and then you give it a little, uh, you give the baby a little bit of uh, or a toddler a little bit of responsibility with holding the spoon or the fork, and then he starts to feed himself, etc., etc., and then he starts working for his own food when he's a grown up. Same thing. Uh, you you uh, listen, you listen, you listen to preaching, and then you start reading for yourself, and then you start studying, and and, and etc. etc. As you grow, okay. And then last but not least, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, there's so many things that we can talk about just in this breakdown of Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. But I'm speeding through because I'd like to get to the right division itself. But before we go there, let's look at the different versions of um, of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Now, there's the contemporary English version. There's the New American Standard Bible, which is actually the same Bible that the Philippine Bible Society took and translated the Tagalog or Filipino Ang Biblia from. Okay? And then there's the NIV and uh, the uh, Revised Standard Version. And then finally, there's the New King James Bible. Now, as you can see, we're not going to read it all um, word for word, but just notice that uh, the word study from the King James Bible, study to show thyself approved unto God, is changed from study to do your best, be diligent, do your best, do your best, be diligent. Okay? So... Are we, is there like a, a push to discourage people to study? I don't know about that, but at least we know that it's not encouraging you to study. Whereas the King James Version, it's not even encouraging you, it's commanding you, commanding us to study. Okay? And then the last part, rightly dividing the word of truth, as you can see, it's changed to who teaches only the true message, accurately handling the word of truth, correctly handles the word of uh, truth, rightly handling the word of truth, at least in the New King James Version. But I'm while I am not making an excuse for it, because I still would advise people not to, to read the New King James Version. I mean, you can you can read it just for studying sake, study's sake, but when it comes to your feeding and gaining your studying and, and growing in grace, use the King James Bible. Okay, but but at least in the New King James Version, it's it retains that the the, the uh, phrase rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, why why did we take the time to look at all of this? Um, we did because year after year after year after year after year, the presence of the King James Bible, which is the only Bible that commands Christians or believers to study, decreases in quote-unquote Christianity or Christendom or another preacher calls it Christianity. Okay? If that's the case, 
and it is, then we're not surprised when Christians or believers or people who at least profess to be so, the number of them that study and rightly divide the word of truth decreases year after year after year after year. You see that? Now, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 1 to 3, what we're trying to discuss here is why, why is it so important to rightly divide the word of truth? The example that we use, we actually talked about this a few weeks back, is the dietary laws, for example. The Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now when we talk about doctrines of devils, what comes to mind is um, sacrificing a virgin or your baby into the mouth of the um, um, volcano or or, uh, something grotesque, if you will. But that's not really how the Bible dis- uh, describes or defines doctrines of devils. Yeah, it gives it a couple of examples. So, uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and here's the example that we're going to take, commanding to abstain from meats. Now, was there a time where God commanded a certain group of people to abstain from meats or certain meats? Yes. So it was Bible doctrine given by God to that certain group for that certain time. But it is it still the same case right now? Well, read the next verse. Or sorry, read the next statement. Which God had created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So you know, just by reading the next um, um, statement that that's not how it's supposed to be for us right now. So the Bible describes or defines, if you will, doctrines of devil as things that are applied or misapplied to our dispensation even if they are Bible doctrines for different dispensations. Okay, let me explain. If it's even if it's good stuff, it's it's a good thing to do. And it was commanded by God in a different time, in a different dispensation, to a different group of people. If somebody tries to push you to do the same or requires you to do the same or teach it as a spiritual requirement for our time today, then that is what the Bible describes as doctrines of devils. Let's put that in the chart, shall we? Now, um, again, when we talk about uh, what to eat in Genesis chapter number one, verse 29, hey, it's biblical. It's in Genesis 1, 29. Bible says, just vegetables, eh? Given to Adam, Bible doctrine to him. It was doctrine to him. Is it doctrine doctrine for us? No. So as you can see, it's not it's not enough to just be biblical. It's not enough to just be doctrinal. You have to rightly divide the word of truth. 
Next, and then all of a sudden, Noah came along, and after the flood, God says, hey, okay, you can eat everything except blood, strangled things, stuff that has the blood inside, okay? Um, it's in the Bible, so it's biblical, Genesis chapter 9, verse 3 to 4. It's doctrine given to Noah and his family, so it's doctrine. But is it Bible doctrine for us? No. And then in Leviticus chapter number 11, after the birth of the nation of Israel, God says, wait a second. It's, there are so many rules about just eating clean beasts that we didn't have space to put it on here. Um, you can only eat clean beasts, God says. Okay. Uh, is it biblical? Yes, it's in Leviticus chapter number 11. Is it doctrinal? Is it Bible doctrine? Yes, it's doctrine for the nation of Israel. Is it Bible doctrine for us right now? No. Why? Because in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 4 to 5, it says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is what? Sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Does that mean that... Um, that when you pray, God says, God all of a sudden cleans the poison out of that or removes removes the calories and the carbohydrates and all that from this, this piece of food. No, meaning God sanctified it, meaning, meaning if it was a clean beast before, it's not anymore right now because that's not the program that's going on right now. Okay, now, um, so is it biblical? Yes, it's in First Timothy chapter number four, verses four to five. Is it doctrinal? Yes, it's doctrine. It's it, it's doctrine given by the apostle Paul. Is it Bible doctrine for us? Yes. Okay, so here we are. This is the one that's for us. That's why it says now. So meaning, if anyone else, a preacher, a teacher, a YouTube speaker, a podcaster, comes by and says, hey. All these three previous things we have to apply right now or else you're not saved. What are they doing? They're teaching doctrines of demons. Am I saying these people are demons? No. Am I saying they 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 know uh, you know they knowingly you know pray to demons and say tonight at church I'm going to preach doctrines of demons and let them not eat meat or something like that no I'm not saying that of course not I'm just saying that that's what the Bible uh, describes doctrines of demons to be why because the devil loves uh, confusion and I keep saying, even I right now, I'm confused. I keep saying doctrines of demons. The uh, doctrines of devils is what the term uh, that the Bible used. Okay. The devil loves to confuse people. And so, because it's too obvious for him if he, uh, to everyone, if he just goes on ahead and burns the whole Bible, at least what he's going to do is he's going to confuse people and mix it around and remove uh, some stuff here and add some stuff there or you know mix the gospel here and mix the gospel there or just make everyone believe that everything is the gospel so what what ensues confusion 
And God is not the author of confusion. And that's why that's how the doctrines of devil, the term doctrine of devils is described in the Bible. Okay, so what do we learn? What did we learn from here? Why is it important? Why is it important to rightly divide the word of truth? Because it's not enough to be biblical. It's not enough to be doctrinal. You have to rightly divide the word of truth. I'll give you another example. So just a few uh, verses down from 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 15. Um, it says these two individuals whose names are I'm going to... Um, botch so we we just skipped it who it says who concerning the truth have erred they made a mistake about the truth why because saying the rest saying that the resurrection is past already here's the thing they believe in the resurrection is the resurrection biblical is it true yes is it bible doctrine yes but they're saying it's past already so they're saying it's it, it's done so it has to do with the timeline where, you know, it has to do with wondering where you are at the timeline so you can apply the correct stuff during that timeline or else you have erred because you said, you know, because you've said this is past already or this is not going to happen. See, this is why it is so important to rightly divide the word of truth. Now. Let's talk about the, the, the Bible study outline, okay? So when we talk about the who, that means the agent whom God uh, works through to make sure that his purpose is carried out, okay? I'm not even uh, talking about the spokespeople or the people that God speaks through. I'm just talking about, you know, the agent that God uses to carry out his purpose either in, in this in, in the specific time and setting. Number two, what? Okay, what's the body of information that God's dispensing during that specific time? When that's like I said, time where the information or this body of information is applicable. Where the place or the setting where information is applicable. Okay. And then why? which is the purpose. Why is God using this agent to bring forth, or why is God giving them this body of information in this specific time and place? Why is God doing that? And then last but not the least, the, the least sorry, excuse me, how, what, meaning what's the system in which or by which this agent uh, operates, right? Now, as you can see, this is actually, actually a journalistic list Right, I was uh, just very briefly. I was a member of our school's um, newsletter or newspaper all the way since grade school, uh, and I remember the very first thing they taught us: when you're writing a story, make sure you ask these questions: who, what, when, where, why, how. And so I believe that when all of these sort of intersect and they're doing what God's supposed to be, uh, you know, the agent is is carrying out this body of information at that specific time and that specific place to accomplish God's purpose and operating in that specific system. When all these things intertwine correctly or intersect, if you will, then I believe and you may you may believe whatever you may, you know, believe something else uh, that I believe that this is what you call a dispensation. 
Okay, but we're not going to be able to finish talking about all of these tonight or today. So we're just going to talk about where. Okay, we're going to talk about what, and we're going to talk about who. Now I know that it'll it'll sort of overlap. You know, you can't talk about where without talking about, you know, the time when or who without talking about the time, like, you know, time passed, but now, you know, there's God has specific agents and stuff like that. And I know there'll be some overlap, but hopefully the next time we'll be able to look into the, the, the other three, when, why, and how uh, in a deeper sense, excuse me, if you will. So let's continue, shall we? All right. Where? Let's talk about where, okay? And the simplest division that we have is heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number one, verses nine to 10, right? Having, of course, the speaker is Apostle Paul. It says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in where heaven and which are in, on earth, even in him. So as you can see that God has a plan in the dispensation of fullness of times that he might, you know, he might be glorified by gathering, you know, all things in Christ, meaning he might be glorified in his son, but there are places, there are, you know, Entities, if you will, or agents. Here I'm giving you an advanced clue or people, a group of people in heaven and on earth. Okay. So it is the reason why I say it's the simplest division is because you can find the very first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. As you can see, you got heaven and you got earth, right? So there could no be no mistake about God having a plan for heaven and God having a plan for earth. There could be no mistake about God having a will for heaven and God having a will for earth, right? So much so that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 10, when Jesus Christ, this is like the favorite prayer of the Roman Catholics, and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people who who claim to be Christians but not Roman Catholics uh, say that yeah, this this prayer is still in effect today. Really? Okay. Now let's see. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. I beg your pardon. There's a there's an alarm going on outside. <laughs> after your after this manner, pray, therefore pray pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What thy will be done where in earth, as it is in heaven. Now, Jesus did mention that there God has a will, or at least attests to God having a will in earth and God having a will for heaven 
and he was praying for it to be done, he did not mention what this will is or what that information is. However, okay, at least for the infer- God's will for heaven is what I was trying to say. Okay, so if we draw the setting, pretty easy, simple uh, division. Okay, number one, heaven, and number two, earth. Okay, so God has a plan for heaven, and God has a plan for earth. God has a will for heaven, God has a will for earth. Okay, what are these things? I'm glad you asked, but first, let's talk about... Um, the body of information that God gave during the during uh, in in the Bible, if you will. Okay, so that's prophecy and mystery. As you can see in Acts chapter number three, verse twenty to twenty-one, and I want you to notice the wordings here. Okay, it says, and he, this is the apostle Peter speaking, says, and he's and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets, since the world began. So notice the term since the world began. Okay. And what about this term? Okay. So God, since the world began, has spoken this specific body of um, of information. And who did he use to speak this body of, of information? The prophets. That is why we call this prophecy. Okay? That is why we call this body of information prophecy. Okay? Since the world began, it was spoken. On the other hand, well, before we go there, Luke chapter 1, verse 68 to 70, who was it spoken to? Or who was it given to? Okay? Who is this body of information given to? Now, Luke 1, 68 to 70 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people and had raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. So same thing, since the world began. Eh? That in and this uh, body of information was spoken since the world began by the prophets, okay? But who was it spoken to? To his people. Can I ask you something? Okay, who is that? Good question, all right? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get an answer in when we get to the who part. But you know already, that's the nation of Israel. That's not that's not the Gentiles. That's the nation of Israel. Okay? So, since the world began, there ha- there there's been a body of information that was spoken to his people by the prophets, and that's why we call this body of information or the sis- uh, or uh, uh, or the program if you will. The prophecy program. Okay. Now, if we draw the information timeline, we have our heaven, and then we have our we have our earth. 
And then we have our timeline, if you will, our imaginary timeline. And then we have the start, which is since the world began. Now, since the world began, there's this body of information given by the prophets. That's why it's called or spoken by the prophets. That's why it's called prophecy given to his people. Okay. On the other hand, there's a second body of information just described in Romans 16, 25 to 26. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. It's good to preach Jesus Christ, but you have to do it the right way. How? According to the revelation of the mystery. Anyway, which was kept secret since the world began. Oh, there's that term again, since the world began. Okay. Uh, but, but let's read further. But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Now, earlier we discussed that since the world began, there's a body of information that was spoken by the prophets. On the other hand, in this instance, since the world began, there's a body of information that was kept secret. That's why it's called the mystery. Okay? It was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Okay? Who is it given to? Right? Earlier, prophecy given to his people. Now, the mystery is made known to all nations. See the difference? That's why it's important to rightly divide the word of truth. Okay? Things that are different are not the same. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote before in few words, okay? Going forward, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which is in which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. So it was revealed, this mystery was revealed unto the Apostle Paul. That's why he says, but now. Before it was revealed unto him, it was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. Okay? In other ages, it was not made known unto the sons of men. That's why it cannot be one and the same. People say, oh, prophecy, mystery, it's all the same. How can something that's spoken be the same as something that's kept secret? How can it be the same if it's spoken by the prophets in one hand, and on the other hand, it says that it was not made known unto the sons of men, to anyone, until it was revealed unto the Apostle Paul. Okay? Now, what is the content? What is this mystery here? It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same, the same body, meaning if they're in the same body, there's no distinction anymore, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Okay, now let's go back to our timeline that we drew earlier. Now we have the blue arrow over here. 
the body of information spoken by the prophets, meaning the, the prophecy program given to his people, the nation of Israel. And then there's a separate one which is kept secret okay, since the world began, meaning it was not made known unto the sons of men, and we call it the mystery. That's why it cannot be one and the same because it was not made known until it was made known unto the apostle Paul. It was made known unto the Apostle Paul so he can dispense it to you or to, the, to all nations. When did this happen? Well, obviously, it didn't happen before Paul got saved because he was killing Christians then. When did this happen? When Paul, our pattern, got saved, and then he laid, and after that, it was, slow, it was revealed unto him. But let's use his salvation as the marking point over here. After that, it was revealed unto him. That's why he says, but now it is made known unto Paul. So here's our simple timeline. Okay. So um, as a review, the where God has a plan for heaven and God has a plan for earth. And as you can see, our arrows are bodies of information. One is in heaven and one is in earth. There's a reason for that. Okay. Now, again, continuing with the review, right? What body of information, if you will? There's the prophecy, which was spoken since the world began. And there's the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. So much so that it was not made unknown unto anyone, unto the sons of man. Okay? Moses did not know it. Abraham did not know it. Uh, David did not know it. Job did not know it. Daniel, the wisest or, or, or one of the most knowledgeable men, men in the Bible, did not know it. King Solomon, the wisest man in the, in the Bible, did not know it. Okay? Uh, John the Baptist did not know it. Okay? It was it was not known unto the sons of men until it was made known unto the Apostle Paul after his salvation. Okay? Now, let's go to the who, the agent, if you will. Now, there's what we call Israel and the Gentiles. Okay, Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 11 to 12. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Whew, without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Whew. How bleak is that? Praise God for our salvation. Amen. But like I said, like I said earlier, there'll be some sort of overlap with when we it's gonna start talking about time, just like it says here, in time past. Okay, there was a dis there was a distinction. Ye were Gentiles in the flesh. You're called called on circumcision. Called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh. There's people, you know, the circumcision called them uncircumcision, and the uncircumcision called them, you know, other names. We'll see here later on. But what's the most important distinction there? The Gentiles are the uncircumcision, and the circumcision are the Israel, 
the, the nation of Israel. The most important dis- distinction on there is that the Gentiles were without Christ and without God in the world. Remember, this is all in time past, okay? In time past. So meaning, in time past, there's a distinction between Gentiles in Israel and between uh, uncircumcision and uncircumcision. Or circumcision and uncircumcision. Now, I'm going to put a star over here so we can mark this, all right? Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 11 to 12, it talks about time past. And uh, so we'll get back to this to verse number 13. Let's go back to our uh, information timeline, shall we? So we have heaven and earth, and then we have our timeline. Since the world began, there's a body of information spoken by the prophets to God's people, Israel. It's called prophecy, right? And there's also a body of information kept secret since the world began, which is not made known unto the sons of men. That's why it's called mystery. Until it was made known or uh, revealed unto the apostle Paul, so he can dispense it to all nations or Gentiles. Okay. Now, in times in time past, he says, right before the salvation of the apostle Paul. Uh, it says, there, uh, he says in, in uh, the verse that we just read, gen- there was a distinction between Gentiles versus Israel, uncircumcision versus circumcision, aliens and strangers versus citizens and heirs, hopeless versus hopeful, and remember the most important distinction, without God versus with God. And that's why, David, remember, when he was uh, going to face uh, Goliath, he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The issue there was not his hygiene of, of, uh, of Goliath. The issue there was, why are, why are you letting... This guy who's not circumcised, meaning he does not have God with him, why are you letting this guy intimidate you? God is on our side because he is our God. We are his people. We're Israel. We're the circumcision. That's the issue there. And I remember later on, Pontius Pilate says, am I a Jew? No way. So as you can see, there's a distinction between them, between Gentiles and Israel. And that's in time past. But how did this happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking. <laughs> hey, look at Romans chapter number 9, verse 3 to 5. What's so important about the distinction between Israel and, and the Gentiles? Now, Romans chapter 9, verse 3 to 5 says, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are, what? Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law. Notice the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came. See, that's so important. Christ came concerning the flesh for the Israelites. That's why when some of the Gentiles would try to talk to him or would try to ask him for something, he would say, nope, I am not sent but to the, the, the uh, lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
Hey, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. Okay. Who pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the promises later on. Okay. So let's go back to our, our timeline over here. So as you can see, Paul got smaller and then time passed, got smaller. We're just sort of scaling down so we can add more stuff over here before uh, you, you can, you, you remember, if you will, that circumcision started here with Mr. Abraham uh, in Genesis 17. Circumcision, remember, the distinction is between circumcision and uncircumcision. So circumcision started over here with Mr. Abraham. It is, it is a token or a sign of the covenant God made with him, with Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12. Okay? So if you will... If you're going to start in Genesis chapter number 12, obviously, you don't have to be a mathematician. That Obviously, you can come to the conclusion that before that, Genesis 1 to 11, God was just dealing with man as just mankind. Okay? There was no nation of Israel yet. But because God, no matter how God, how good God was and with man during that time, God, uh, man just kept rejecting him three times, according to Romans chapter number one, that God gave them up. Okay, in Romans one twenty four, God gave them up in Romans one twenty six, and finally in the Tower of Babel, God says, "You know what? I'm just tired of it. I'm gonna give you over." <laughs> hey, so He called one man, person by the name of Abraham first that was his name and then he says you know what i'm going to establish my covenant with you okay in acts chapter number 14 verse 14 to 16 remember the apostle paul and barnabas and they were, they were called jupiter uh and, and they rent their clothes uh well let's, let's just read it which when the apostles barnabas and saul heard of they rent their clothes and ran among the people crying out and saying sirs why do you these things? We also are men of like passions. You know, they were Gentile gods, uh, Jupiter, or Roman gods. Um, so they're, they're talking about, they're talking to Gentiles. So they said, sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Who, watch it, in time past, times past, suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. So as you can see, in time past, right, when in Genesis 1 to 11, God gave them, when God was dealing with man just as mankind, uh, three times they rejected they rejected God, so God gave them up. God gave them up. And finally, in the Tower of Babel, God says, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with mankind. I'm going to pick a family, a man whose family I'm going to deal with, and then I'm going to establish him to be later on a, a nation that I'm going to use to show people how it is to have God as their God. Why? Because in times past, Gentiles said, you know what? Genesis 1 to 11, we don't, we, we'd like to worship the creature more than the creator. They rejected God three times and they're like, and God said, you know what? You don't want me as your God? Okay. I'll just pick somebody else and, and work through him, his family, and eventually a nation and show you, uh, 
If you want to walk in your own ways, I'll show you how it is through this nation, through this family, how it is to have God as your God. That's why in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great, what? Nation. And I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Where would people go? Right? Everyone else rejected God. All the Gentiles, all the nations rejected God. And finally God said, you know what? I'm just going to pick Abram. If anyone wants to see how, how it is to have God as their God, how it is to have me as their God, then they should go through Abram. Abram. Later on in Genesis chapter 17, verse 78, and it says, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an, how long? Everlasting covenant. Eh? Everlasting covenant. And it's talking about his seed, Abraham's literal seed. That's why it's not talking about his, you know, uh, it's this is not a spiritualization, if you will. It's not talking about any group of people spiritually replacing his seed. This is talking about his literal seed. Eh? To be a God unto thee. Eh? I'll show people. I'll show other people through you, Abraham, and your seed, and later on the country after them, how it is to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land. Okay. It's not talking it's not talking about, you know, the church spiritually replacing Israel because it's talking about a literal land. Land where, no, that's not a literal land, Francis. That's a spiritual land. Well, keep reading. The land wherein thou art the stranger, all the land of Canaan. For an, how long? Everlasting possession. And I will be their God. That land belongs to Abraham, his seed, and later on the country. Uh, the nation, if you will, of Israel. How long it belongs to them as an everlasting possession. Why? Because God wants to show everyone else, all the other nations that rejected him, how it is to have God as their God. See? Reading forward, to show people that there's, you know, that that this is the people that I'm I've established my covenant with. It says, "And God said, verse number seven unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant. Therefore, thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. Uh, this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and your seed after me. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Here's the circumcision, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a." token of the covenant betwixt me and you meaning this is the sign that people that all that's the people that are circumcised 
are the ones whose God is God. And everyone else are the one that rejected me that I have to give them up, give them up, and give them over. And I'm just working with this as my agent, the nation of Israel, to show everyone else how it is to have God as their God. Okay? Now let's go back. Okay? Drawing in our information timeline. God gave them up, Genesis 1 to 11. God gave them up and God gave them over finally. And then God chose Abram and said, you know what? I'm going to establish my covenant with you and I'm going to show all the rest of them that 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 rejected me that uh, how it is to have God as their God. The you know, and the sign of that circum uh, the sign of that covenant is the circumcision so while the rest of the nation god suffered to walk in their own ways he picked israel to show everyone else what it's like to have god so now let's go back to our our uh verse remember ephesians 2 verses uh, 11 to 12 uh time passed this is what time pass looks like okay so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far, were far off, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Okay? For he uh, is our peace who had made both one and had what? broken down the middle wall of partition between us, between us, who's us, circumcision and uncircumcision. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances for to, for to make in himself of twain one new man. There's no middle wall of partition. There's no circumcision anymore. Guess what? There's no distinction between Jews and Gentiles anymore when? Now. Okay? And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. So, in time past, there was a Gentiles versus Israel uh, distinction. There's a distinction between uncircumcision and circumcision. That, that's just because God chose Israel to prove, uh, I mean, to show people, to show everyone else that rejected him how it is to have God as their God. And to prove it, the sign that this is the people that I'm dealing with directly is circumcision. Everyone else is without God. Okay? And, and Paul says, but now there's no more Gentile versus Israel distinction. No more middle wall of partition. Okay? So that's a brief, simple, if you will, simple study of or right division. I know my timeline over here is all over the place, um, but hopefully we'll clean this up or this will clean itself up when during um, the next few session here. So let's summarize, shall we? 
When we talk about the where, uh, God has a plan for heaven and God has a plan for earth. He has an agent to carry out each of those plans. God has a will for heaven. God has a will for earth. He has an agent to carry out each of those wills. Okay? What? When we talk about the what? Talking about right division. There is a body of information spoken by the prophets since the world began, which we call prophecy. That's why. Uh because it's spoken by the prophet. It was spoken to his people. On the other hand, there's also a body of information kept secret since the world began. That's why it's called mystery until it was revealed to the apostle Paul. Okay? Things that are different are not the same. They cannot be one and the same. One was spoken by the prophets. One was kept secret. Nobody, not, no, not one son of man was made known or knew about this, was told about this mystery until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. So you cannot insist that these two are these two bodies of information are one and the same. It's not. Okay? And then who? In time past there was a distinction between Israel and everyone else, which is the Gentiles. But now that distinction does not exist. So what's the lesson? That's the summary, okay? What's the lesson, um, if you will? What's the practical application? When, you know, why is it important to know or to, to rightly divide God's word, the word of truth? When you know what God is doing in our dispensation, when you know what God is doing in our time, when you know what his will is, what our what his plan is, for our time, for your time, you can get with God's program and do His will. You see, and that's why you can you, you you'd go to different churches and all they do is just you know, Lord, what's your will? Uh, you know, pray for God to, to reveal His will to you, or uh, pray for God. To, uh, to, to, to show you his will. Well, God's doing something already. You just, we're, we're just so, uh, uh, we, we haven't grown enough or we haven't studied at all that what we're praying for is just really for God to do our will or for God to sign off on, on, on our will or be on our side, if you will. Or if not, you know, if it's not at least his will, Lord, can you at least approve it? <laughs> but when you rightly divide God's word, the word of truth, when you know what God is doing in our dispensation, you can get with God's program and do his will. It's not about us. It's not about what we want to do in our lives, although I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying... Are you searching God's program or do you know what God's doing? And if you do, are you getting are you getting along with what God's doing or do you want God to get along with what you're doing? There's a difference there. Thank you everyone and I hope that was a blessing to you. Until next time. Again, uh, the most important thing, um, I suppose the key takeaway is that 
Is it important to be biblical? Of course. Is it important to be doctrinal? Of course. What we're trying to say is that it's not enough. You got to rightly divide the word of God so we know what his program is. So we know what he's doing in this dispensation. And that way we know how, or sorry, in that way we can get with God's program instead of just, you know, asking God to get with our program. So I hope uh, that was a blessing to you. And I hope that, um, you know, you'll come back next time to talk about uh, part two of the simple divisions in the Bible. Again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as usual, you can um, visit us at facebook.com. You can just search for TPF1611. That stands for the Pauline Fellowship. Um, or just search for the Pauline Fellowship. You can also find us at uh, Instagram uh, where you can just uh, follow us and uh, make sure to share as well. Feel free to comment. Look for TPF1611 for the, in, in the hashtags and or you can just search for the Pauline Fellowship. Um, finally, we are at uh, the Workmen Unashamed podcast which you can again look for in spotify apple google and uh, amazon or wherever you get your podcast and as always if you have any questions or reactions please feel free to send us an email at the pauline fellowship at gmail.com once again this is francis simeon and you are listening to the uh, pauline fellowship Bible study hour. Thank you so much and God bless you.